Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada Dundalk and Cavan. Our service departments are open with all HSC and government guidelines in place to keep you and our staff safe. Sales are click and deliver only through our website, blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. Welcome to Late Lunch this Friday afternoon. Lovely to have you with us on the show. Final Late Lunch of uh, the current week, of course. Uh, Thank you for joining us once again. I have a lovely little letter here I want to read to you just to start the show today. It says, Hello, Jerry. Please find enclosed my Mother's Day gift to me from my family to put towards helping you with your fundraiser for Dear Slav. I'm so lucky with my family and so grateful to the good Lord in that we all have our health. Therefore, we have everything that's important. Slav and his family are in my prayers. This family need this money more than we do. God willing, Slav will get his treatment and ease his family's worries. You too and your family, Jerry, God willing, will always have good health. Good luck with your wonderful undertaking. Love and best wishes, Betty. Betty, I know you said on this, I don't want thanks. And I won't read your second name because, you know, you've said you don't want uh, thanks or publicity. But that is just so lovely. I came in today, opened the envelope. There's a beautiful St. Patrick's Day card in it as well. And a substantial donation from Betty and her family in County Mead, just outside now. And I thank you indeed, Betty. And that money going to Slav's Fund. Yes, 40 days and nights for Slav. I am walking at least 40 minutes every day. I'm doing the 5K. I'm not uh, availing of the hooch for the uh, 40 days either. And it's all going great guns. And I thank everybody for their kindness. And I know Slav and his mum, Nadia, and the family are so grateful for all of the donations that continue to come in. And if you can at all help, every euro counts, as I say, for this young man. He was 13 when I met him first. He's 16 now, three years dealing with cancer three major procedures during that time and a very expensive oxygen chamber to be bought for home, cost 65000 and the maintenance of that is crucial to him. And on it goes. And I thank you indeed. Oxygen for Slav, gofundme.com, oxygen for Slav. Or if I get anything in here, it goes straight into the bank account there as well. I assure you of that. And thank you again, Betty. Her Mother's Day gift she's given to Slav. What great love and kindness. Thank you from my heart. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. What's on this afternoon? Liam Blanche is looking ahead to the weekend in sport with us. Claire Cunningham, she's a singer-songwriter based in Nashville. She's from Cullen in County Loud. She's making waves over there and we're talking to her. A new Irish potato called Irish Gold. We're going to hear all about it on late lunch. And if you want to join us on the show, 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me here to studio or you can call in on 1850 715 Now, you know at this point in time, shocking news from London about Sarah Everard. She was walking home earlier in the week and disappeared completely. And a police officer has been arrested and is being questioned at the moment in London. And human remains have been found in Kent that 
perhaps as serious, serious or they may think they are. That's ongoing as I speak at the moment. But it's an awful situation. And we were thinking about this and the safety, your safety, especially girls, women, when you're out and about walking or going for a stroll on your own, perhaps, how safe do you feel? How safe is it to do that, to walk or jog or run alone today in the northeast in counties louder than me? Do you feel safe always? Well, look, last evening, our uh, Louise spotted a very interesting post on social media, and it was from a good friend of ours on Late Lunch. He is the man who is uh, behind Crav Maga in Dundalk. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. He operates in Drogheda as well, I know. Anthony Canane, welcome back to Late Lunch. How you doing, Jerry? Nice, uh, nice to be here with you. Look, you might tell our listeners, I, I, I've read and, and many, many people have read what you had to say. You, you know, I mentioned the story there about, and you uh, say it as well about Sarah Everard and what happened. And, and you say, you're, you're really worried about this, Anthony. Tell us and tell our listeners your thoughts about it. Look, uh, I'm, I'm concerned about it to the extent that it's actually taking uh, this abduction and murder of Sarah Everard for, for to create this sort of national debate on women's safety, you know. And, I, and it's sad that it has taken this for us to be able to speak about it and on government level and nationally and on social media. It's important that, you know, that the people realise that it's going on all the time. I know abductions and murder aren't, aren't frequent, but sexual crime, sexual harassment and, uh, you know, predators, they exist out there and we need to speak about it more, you know. Anthony, I was just looking at the figures uh, released quite recently. Uh, Last year, 66,000 women were killed violently in the world. Almost one in five uh, victims of homicide. Now, that's a very, very high figure indeed. And as you say, (coughs) yeah, thank God. They're not that frequent in terms of absolute, you know, tragedy and murder, but they do happen. And you mentioned other areas, serious areas of life as well. Would you be aware of this? Like you were in the northeast now a long time. You operate this wonderful school where you teach self-defense and more. Do you know, is it, is it a danger, reality every day, especially for women on the ground? Look, Jerry, 96% of our females from 16 to 24 years of age have said they've been sexually harassed at some stage. And that's, that's a very alarming figure, you know. And at the same time, uh, a lot of young girls, they, they, they don't understand that this is the sad case of reality that we live in today. There is dangers out there. And, you know, both men and women can be victims, but we have to work together to try and learn how to prevent this happening. We're never going to be able to eradicate it completely from society, but we can work together to try and decrease the threat level within the community, within society. And, you know, for, for many years, I've been doing programs in schools. I've been teaching, you know, very, very young men, uh, young men and women in, in secondary schools, in my own school, specialised programs about awareness, about safety, about self-defence. And how do we decrease the chances of maybe a male going out and carrying out this act or and increase the chances of a female defending herself against an attack like this? I know you say it's men and women, Anthony, but, you know, the more vulnerable, and I'm not being sexist or in any way demeaning it here, is a woman. You know, if she's attacked by a man, we we have to say that. That is the reality of the situation. Look, the education is one thing. And I remember you telling me before, teaching young men respect, you know, what what it's all about. And you're in there at the cutting edge, for sure, talking to young women as well. 
but you know, does this go deeper? Is it, is it something that really needs to be taken on board in education from an early age more seriously as a specific aspect of education? Of course, uh, and you know, a big part, a big part of my programmes are debating with young men about the respect that they should have for mm. young females as well, and also what causes you know male aggression and that toxic like sexual objectification of women. It's it's very important that they understand that and understanding women better and how dangerous like the use of disrespectful and intimidating sexual explicit language and it's very very common even in secondary schools, you know and. You know, how dehumanising this is to women. And, and it's all about respect, you know, to, uh, and again, young males understanding that. You know, we're, we're no, we're no uh, like, I mean, you think about Justine Valdez, who was abducted and murdered in 2019 in Wicklow. And then you have Anna Creasio as well, the young girl who was, who was murdered and sexually assaulted as well. You have to think of it, this is ongoing. And again, a lot of people don't understand how many sexual assaults are being carried out within their communities that you don't hear about. I hear about them all the time. I listen to stories, very horrific stories, all the time. They call them to my school, they contact me by phone, and they're coming to me. They don't go to the police. They come to me trying to get some sort of strength back in their lives. And their lives have been changed forever because of these, these acts of, of absolute ruthless aggression towards them. You know? And it's, it's very important, young females and females of all age understand the threats that are out there in society. Anthony, the alarm bells are ringing with me even more when you tell me that, that you're, this is quite common for you to hear on the ground here in the northeast. Without giving names, what are, you, what are you talking about? Just give us an example, could you? Is it within somebody within a family abusing somebody? Is it a neighbour? Is it a random thing? What? OK, I'll, I'll tell you a few stories, uh, Jerry. OK, and these are stories... Uh, fruitful stories of, of cases that I've dealt with uh, and I teach these to, to young girls and guys in schools of secondary level education and again, like there's one case of a young girl who went out uh, to uh, a nightclub in Dundalk and I'm not going to say which the nightclub was but she went out with her friends, she met a guy out in the nightclub and throughout the course of the night her friends left her, she was left with this guy uh, they had a few drinks throughout the night. She lived in the town, decided that she was going to walk home. And the guy asked her, says, right, OK, I'll walk you home. Is that OK? She said, yeah, that's fine. He walked her to her house. She went into her house. Five minutes later, he knocked on the door. He says, can I use your toilet? She let him into the house. And she was brutally raped on her uh, kitchen floor that night. And, you know, this is only one. This girl never went to her, uh, to, to the to the police, to the law. She never went to them because she felt in some way that she was responsible for that happening to her. And, and this is only one case. I could tell you many cases, Jerry, of, of sexual assault, you know, and, and intimidation uh, of different levels of young girls in Dundalk and the wider region. And, yeah. and people don't understand this is happening all the time. Just because you don't hear about it doesn't yeah. mean it's not happening, you know. No, no, and, and this is so interesting that you bring this to light today. C- could you think of another one? You know, that, that's an horrific one. I, 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 you know, when I think about that, and, and that wasn't reported, can you think of another one or something else that just yeah. comes to mind? Of course. Plenty I, 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 uh, come to mind, uh, Jerry. There was another girl who actually was walking on the street by herself one night. Two guys jumped out of a car, tried to drag her into the car. She fought them off, but... They got her to the ground and they sexually assaulted her on the ground. Now, she got, she didn't get, she, she wasn't able to be put into the car, okay? So that's vital 
that she wasn't put into the care because then that decreases her chance of survival very, very much so. Okay, so it's important. You know, there's a lot of a lot of factors to that as well. But she fought them off. But her life has been changed forever. Her mother and father brought her into me. She was 19 years of age. She brought her mother and father brought her into me, and her 15-year-old daughter as well. Uh, the other 15-year-old daughter for the two of them to learn self-defense and to learn about safety to get some sort of power in their lives. Another case was another another female who was actually training with me privately. Privately, so basically she's a business owner. And you know what business owners, a lot of criminals and predators, they feel the business owners carry money with them all the time. Yep. And again, there could be a significant target. So I would teach this, this, this particular female, you know, uh, different uh, tactics for safety. I taught her in her home, in her car, and different areas where she might be attacked. And there was one instance when she was coming out of a shopping center. And there was one thing that I told her, as soon as you get into your car, lock your door. That's the first thing you do. You lock your door as soon as you get into your car. And that's one thing that she learned from me. And in this particular instance, she got into her car and she locked her door. And as soon as she locked her door, a man came running over, hooded man, and tried to get into her car. And now you think for one second, if she had the locked her car door, what could have happened? Mm. And this, this is what I'm talking about. It's a simple, simple changes you make in your life to defend yourself and, and also to prevent bad things happening to you. And that's what's important here that we must remember. And Anthony, like when you t- mentioned those cases there, you know, a, an awareness is uh, what you're talking about there, especially that businesswoman, an awareness of, you know, what can happen. And then you teach the self-defense as well. Look, are we at that stage? I- I'm just thinking here. Are we at the stage that really young girls, and I know you work with young boys as well, but let's talk especially about young girls who are mainly victims here really need to learn, you know, that awareness you're talking about and be taught self-defence? We have to look at it both ways, um, Jerry. We have, to, we have to understand that we can never completely eradicate yeah. the, the risks from society, you know. But we, we have to be able to look at it from, uh, you know, that we want a factor that we want to increase the chances of, of, of females preventing bad things happening to them. But also we need to understand why males are... are, are are actually carrying out these attacks, you know, and we have to le- teach the, uh, young males from a young age, you know, about this, and also, uh, you know, females too. We talk about that, but yeah, nobody wants to believe that we have to teach our uh, like parents. We don't want to teach our, our daughters that they need to live in fear and that they can't walk down the street alone at night. Nobody wants to think like that, you know. But there is ways. There is ways of of actually decreasing your chances of being a target. There is ways if you are very self aware of yourself and your own actions, and also you're using good situational awareness, uh, you know, there is ways of decreasing your chances dramatically of being a target. I mean, predators are very, very, very good at targeting weak, submissive, and distracted young individuals, or, you know, of any age. But if you're strong, confident, alert, and you're aware, you're increasing your chances of not being a target. And that's what I teach in, in the school. You know, I teach women how to be strong, mm. confident, alert and aware and not to be distracted by things around them Yes, and to make sure that that uh, they can react fast and they're decreasing the chances of being a target. Yeah. And that's what's important here, you know. Now, just before we finish, uh, I want to ask you this, two things. I want you to give your details in a moment, but before that, why don't these girls who are victims actually report these crimes? 
You know, it's it's sad. Uh, it's very, very sad, uh, Jerry, because they feel to some extent that they're to blame uh, for maybe the mistakes that they made. And, and, you know, everybody makes a mistake. And, you know, that doesn't mean that they, uh, uh, they, what happened to them should have happened to them. And again, you know, they need to understand that. And again, like with, with this girl who, who met uh, this individual in the nightclub and went back to the house and let him into the house, and she made a lot of mistakes, you know, on that night. But that doesn't mean what happened to her should have happened to her. Mm. And again, she feels that she would be looked at in a certain way and, you know, that she would be, you know, she would be blamed for yes. the attack on her. And again, this is, you know, women need to remember, you know, that this is not the case. No man has a right to put his hands on a woman or intimidate a woman in any way. Mm. And, and this is what, what I teach to young fellows in school. Yes. And, and it's important that, that, uh, that like for me, I'm trying to create a national body of instructors and hopefully we can nationalise the programmes that I teach. Yes, yes, and that's what we want to see. For Krav uh, Krav Maga, how do people get in touch with you? Well, uh, the email is krav.maga.hq at gmail.com or you can call me. Uh, My mobile number is 085-111-4604. And at the minute, our school is closed because of COVID. But, um, you know, this is sad too because... Last year, uh, I didn't get to implement any of the programmes into the schools. Mm, mm. But a lot of girls missed out on, on this last year, so yep. uh, that's sad. But um, anybody Do, can contact me. If OK, ready. we'll give out your number and those details yeah. for sure. Anthony, you're a sound man, and please God, with uh, things moving in the right direction, you'll be up and running again soon. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so uh, much. Thank Take you. care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye. That's uh, the brilliant Anthony Canan there. He's a fantastic guy. His no, his number here, we have it 85 And if you're affected by anything we've been talking about, the Rape Crisis Centre number is 1800 778 888. I'll be back to uh, the topic there we were discussing with Anthony a few moments ago. But look, I have to make up for something I didn't do a week ago. I was supposed to do this last Friday. And me and me old dinderhead, and there's that much going on in it, I missed out. But I'm going to make up today. And a week belatedly, I want to say happy 50th wedding anniversary to Paddy and Teresa Larkin from Balbriggan. It was a week ago, and I'm sorry I'm late. But better late than never. Martina, her partner Peter, grandsons Connor and Joseph and son Joseph, his wife Tara and granddaughters Paige, Hazel and Amber, wish you all the best for your 50th. You're wonderful people. And here it is, just for you. Sweet 16, 50 years on. Happy anniversary. Sweet 16. From the Furies, timeless classic, it really is. And I dedicate that again today to Teresa and Paddy Larkin from Balbriggan County, Dublin. For all of your family, happy 50th anniversary. They love you so much and appreciate all you've done for them and continue to do for them over the years. Jerry, uh, I do a lot of walking every day, says a listener, and I see a lot of dodgy things going on. I worry about women on their own wearing earphones. And especially in the darkness, uh, I I think, you know, with the summer coming, it's great. But, you know, dark areas, remote places is a real danger. And that's a good point you make, Tom. Thanks indeed for sending it to me about the headphones. You don't realise what's going on around you. I have to say, when I'm walking now for Slav, 
I never have the headphones because I like to be aware of what's going on around me, listen to the birds sing and I have my thoughts with me. But some people love the music, but you don't know. You're not aware. You're not, you know what I mean? You're not in the moment if you have uh, the headphones on. The truth is, Jerry, from another listener, that for 99% of women who are abused or attacked, they are treated like it's their own fault. They feel like they did something wrong. Thank you indeed for that. What do you think about what we're talking about today? Of course, prompted by that poor young lady in London who went missing and looks like she is. Uh, her remains have been found, Sarah Everard, and there is a police officer in custody. Is it a real danger now if you're out walking, especially if you're a woman on your own? A few things I'd say to you. The headphones are a thing to consider. Try and walk with at least one other person. Um... Don't go to remote areas either. Stay away from them. I know they may be lovely to walk in, but these are the things that Anthony was talking about and awareness you, you need to have. Look, think about Ireland. I think of poor Bettina Poshel. I pass her memorial at the door when I can go out that far and I think of her every time. Murdered by Michael Murphy back and he was sentenced in 2004. Uh, the office cleaner coming from the IFSC from a day's work recently stabbed in the neck and died. All of the women, Jojo Dullard, I think of her, and all of the women, the missing women cases in Ireland that still haven't been solved. It's a bigger issue, perhaps, than we've been thinking about, and this has brought it to light again. If you have anything to say, give us a shout. 086-1800-658. If you were a victim and you want to say something in confidence, 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. We're heading to news and weather, and afterwards, a brand new Irish spud. Are you ready in late lunchland? Are you ready? For your riddle on Friday. Yes, each Friday on the show now, we're giving you a riddle. I want you to solve it. And I have a nice little prize. Yes, I have something that can go around your neck and a cup that you'll drink out of forever with LMFM on it. That's the little prize today for uh, the fun of trying to solve the riddle on late lunch. So here is your riddle this Friday afternoon. I will say this only once. Are you ready? What three numbers, none of which is zero give the same result when they're added or multiplied. I shall say it twice. I'm too good to you. Here it is again. Listen carefully, please. Here's your riddle. What three numbers, none of which is zero, give the same result whether they're added or multiplied? What are the three numbers I'm talking about? Answers, please, to 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me now. And you could be winning that lovely little prize from Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. If you're just joining us, welcome to the show. If you're listening on the app or your smart speaker or on your radio, you're very welcome this Friday afternoon. Now, you know on the show that I love me grub. And in particular, I love me spuds. Oh, I really do love me spuds. I grow them, but when I can't grow them, I purchase them, of course. And I enjoy all type of potatoes. And we have many great varieties in Ireland. We do indeed. But folks, listen up. There is a brand new variety. It's called Irish Gold. And at the heart of its development are Meath Potato Company. I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line this afternoon by farm manager Conor O'Malley and marketing manager Jenny Mead. Hello, folks. Hello. Hi, Jerry. Welcome to the show. I miss seeing your faces here across the desk to me, but I'm just imagining now. That's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Connor, I'll start with yourself. Tell us the story of this potato because uh, the development of a new potato isn't something, Connor, that happens overnight. 
Uh, certainly not, Jerry. It can take anything from 15 years upwards to develop a new variety, uh, and a lot of them don't don't make it to the to the end of that. So this this variety, Irish Gold. Uh, was initially developed by Harry Kyo, who would be probably a plant, bleed, plant breeding royalty in, in Ireland. He would have worked out at Chagas in Oak Park, uh, and he would have developed many other well-known potato varieties like Rooster, Carla, Cara, Orla, yep. over the years. Uh, Harry himself, unfortunately, died a couple of years ago, but one of, his, one of his final wishes, I believe, was to see this particular variety come to market. So uh, it's been it's been a long time in gestation as these varieties are. It was um, it was uh, developed in Ireland, seed grown in Donegal. Uh, the potatoes were then grown by Spillanza County Mead and brought to market here by us in, in Meads this year. So uh, we're, we're very excited about it. It's uh, there, there's something just a little bit different about this this variety. The, it's it's got a real flowery texture which we which we love here in Ireland. Uh, but it just it just really seems to suit our palate and suits a real wide variety of cooking. And there's just something a little bit different about it that just has us excited here to bring it to market. What uh, or where does it lie in terms of uh, first early, second early's main crop? You you would probably class it as a second early, Jerry. So it should come to it should come to harvest maybe up to about a month before your more standard rooster. Uh, so we'd be expecting maybe to, to harvest a variety like this maybe through late August, September, which mm. which suits the Irish climate, uh, where we're really looking at getting varieties which have maybe a, a shorter, more rapid growing season. Uh, our, our windows for planting and harvest seem to be getting tighter and tighter, so it, it holds a great advantage for the grower from that point of view as well. So you grew these last year. You've stored them from harvest to release them now. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Jerry. Uh, I suppose the timing right now, uh, going with the name and uh, coming into to Paddy's week, it just seemed to be an appropriate time to bring them to market. And you know, uh, this is uh, well. Listeners might be familiar with this. I might not. If you go to a supermarket and all the spuds are there, so they're there all year round, you don't understand. But this is the sort of the. The changeover seasons, you know, the end of the ones that you've stored coming over the next weeks and couple of months before we get into the new early potatoes. Uh, that's right, Jerry. So, yeah, so potatoes that would have been harvested maybe last September, October, November would be held in refrigerated storage and will be gradually brought out onto the marketplace uh, right up to July and August of the of the following year. Okay. And then and then that's when the, the early varieties that would be maybe been planted about now. We actually got a few queens into the ground ourselves there last weekend. Yeah. They will come to market maybe late June, early July. So there's, there's kind of a, a constant a constant uh, supply of potatoes to the market. You uh, mentioned uh, Harry Kyo there. There's another guy called Andrew Buddy Matthews I know was involved in this as well. And the yeah. rooster. And the rooster is the predominant uh, Irish potato now you'll pick up everywhere. Is this one to knock it off its uh, number one spot to rival it, Connor? I I would say maybe more to to complement the rooster. Right. Look, the the rooster is uh, it it holds a special place in in Irish hearts. There's no doubt about it, and it, and in our taste buds, uh, and it's a great variety. It's a great variety to grow. Uh, we're hugely reliant on it, though. It's uh, it's maybe sixty plus percent 
of of what's grown in Ireland is the one singular variety rooster. So it just it's it's advantageous for for all concerned if there's if there's other varieties that come to the fore and just to to spread the to spread the love a little bit to spread the potato love a little bit. <laughs> uh, I look no harm. Variety is the spice of life. She's waiting patiently. She's a big uh, hitter in mead potatoes. She's very important. She is indeed. Jenny Mead. Hello. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining me again on the show. It's really lovely to talk to you. Well, look, at coming back to a point I made there to Connor, this is a good time, this particular time of the year. This is uh, picked specifically to launch at this time, and you're putting it out through one of the multiples, Jenny. We are. It's available in Lidl stores nationwide from this weekend onwards. Um, it's a great time to be launching it because we've got some... Big occasions coming up, Mother's Day, um, and we have St. Patrick's Day, which are, you know, both occasions that are centered around meals and people wanting to cook. And the, uh, the potato has a special place, you know, as mm. we all know. So we think it's, a, it's a, a great time to be launching it. And this potato, we just are, as Connor says, we're just really excited about it. We think it's going it, it's, it's, it's gonna to change people's. I think it, it, it could really uh, take off. Yeah, and, and Lidl will have it. Will it be for a limited time, Jenny? It is for a limited time, yes. Um, and we're hoping to get lots of good feedback. We're hoping if people like them, they'll keep buying them. Um, they're in a distinctive white and gold bag with a rainbow. Um, and we're hoping that if people try them, they'll be converted and they will buy them some more. And then when their stocks are out, we'll be able to, to know how much to plant uh, for the uh, for the next harvest, yes. which would be around September. Yeah, great stuff. Now, let's talk about the culinary aspect of this. Jenny, come on. Yeah, you've obviously uh, been uh, trialling them, tasting them, cooking them in various ways. What do you recommend? Are they a good all-rounder? They're, they're a super all-rounder. They're very, they're, they're floury, but they're really um, easy to cook with. Um, now, I could just go on about them for forever, but just because, you know, you would say I might be biased, I have um, sent them out to various people, and the feedback has been amazing to some of our, our foodie friends. Um, Viv's Home Cooking, she does a lot of Slimming World recipes. She uh, says that the, her favorite way is making them into wedges and cooking them in the microwave for four minutes just to kind of get them started, patting them dry, and then putting them in the air, fly- air fryer with some um, spray oil for another 12 to 15 minutes, um, shake them a couple of times, and she says they are absolutely delicious. The kids love the sweet taste, uh, and that the skins, uh, everybody keeps commenting on the skins, that they get crispy really nicely, you know? Mm. Well, um, can, can I tell you something? Yes. I, put, I have to be honest here. You sent me some last week. We taste a bag of them. And we have had them roasted. We've had them boiled. And yesterday we baked them. So I can speak from those three perspectives. And I have to say, they more than pleased us from all three perspectives. They were really excellent. They're real dry matter spud. There's a thin skin on them. They roasted lovely because I parboiled them first and then roasted them and everybody really thought they were fantastic. But I have to say, and maybe you'd allow me to say this, when we baked them yesterday, Jenny, wow, <laughs> fantastic. Wow. That's great. Yeah, that's what we, the Katrina Redmond, who's another. Yes, um, we know her, yeah. Yep. Yeah, she's really passionate about her potatoes. Her family says they're a total hit. And she um, actually, she did the, the baked them, did the wedges, loved them. And then she said that she put them in the slow cooker in a stew last week mm. and couldn't get over how well they kind of held <laughs> They it. held, yeah. That's another thing we're hearing. Yeah, that they yeah. They really, like, you can take the skins off, 
boil them, and they don't just disintegrate into the water. They stay in their shape, but yet mm. when you mash them, they're lovely and fr- yes. flowery inside. Yes. So the, uh, look at all, all round, this is a, a real goody. Irish gold, folks, is the name of the potato. Connor, I better give you a shout here on the on the culinary aspect and the eating of them as well. What, what's your take? Yeah, I, I thought it was super, Jerry. Uh, I am delighted to hear the past of Jerry Kelly taste test anyway. That's always a, a big plus <laughs> for everything. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, really good roasted. They, they, they get a good crunchy skin and a, and a lovely flowery texture on the inside. So, mm. yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're delighted with them. Connor, just in a general sense, you mentioned Queen's going in and then, of course, you'll follow on with these and more besides all your growers, etc. Uh, it's been wet, wet, wet. My God, the land has... Uh, uh, taken on the aspect of paddy fields for times this year, hasn't it? It, it has, Jerry. It, it's been, particularly since Christmas there, it, it's been very wet. Uh, we got a little break of a few good days last week to get a bit of work done, but ground is still quite cold, quite wet. It's, it's early days yet, so we'll be, before we do too much more, we'll, we'll be allowing things to, to warm up and dry up a bit, a bit mm. more. It's exciting, isn't it, when a new, uh, a, a new one comes on, and it is across, I, I, actually myself in my own little plot, mm. I've grown Rocket and Orla in the past, yeah. and they're both lovely potatoes, so they, they are all uh, in the family tree of Irish gold, Connor. That's right, uh, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's actually a cross between Orla and right. They're they're the parent uh, variety. Parents, okay, yeah. One, yeah. yeah. Yeah, great, 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 great. So, looking ahead to the season ahead, with uh, hopefully things drying out, Connor, and a bumper yield again this year. The spud is back, big time. It's back. I know we love our passes and rice and that, but listen, come on. It's the Irish spud. It's what we are. It's what we all love. It's number one, and I have to say that again. It really, really is. So, Jenny, you're on the road with a new one, and. Uh, uh, lots more going on at Meath as well besides potatoes. There is, of course, yes. We've, we're growing our carrots and our onions and, uh, yeah, keeping, keeping very busy. But, yeah, we're, at the moment we're all focused right now on, uh, on uh, bringing this lovely, lovely uh, potato to yeah. the, the public. So. It is lovely. Thumbs up, as you say, Connor, from uh, this kitty here. Yes, for sure. Irish gold available from Lidl for a limited time and mead potato, of course, in the Royal County at the heart of its development and distribution and growing down the road. Best wishes to both of you. Continue all the great work you're doing there and thank you for joining me today. Cheers, Jerry. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Jenny Mead there and Connor O'Malley from the Mead Potato Company. Shania Twain. Oh, most beautiful, beautiful song, isn't it? Another pint-sized dynamo like Mike Kylie, Artist of the Week this week. Shania has to be in the reckoning for Artist of the Week for sure. Lovely, lovely song. Still the one from uh, Shania Twain on Late Lunch this afternoon. Just reminding you, uh, tomorrow we have live commentary and four Premier League matches on the LMFM app or by clicking on the Listen tab on lmfm.ie. Tasty one early on, Leeds and Chelsea, Everton, Burnley and then Fulham taking on Manchester City, the league leaders. Remember, you can get closer to the action with Premier League Live with Now TV. Stream live Premier League action with an Now TV Sports or Sports Extra Pass. No excuses. And we will be looking ahead to those some of those Premier League games and uh, the Six Nations with Leon Blanche here on the show after three o'clock. Thank you indeed for all of your comments. Oh, your Riddlers as well out there. You're good Riddlers. 
There's some not so good riddlers as well. Do you want? Will I give the riddle again? No, or will I forget? No, I'm not giving it again yet. Yeah, we've too many answers in, Annie. We've loads of answers in, so we have I mean, lots of right ones. I have to say, you're very clever. We'll have a riddle for you every Friday on the show. Anyway, let's get back to your comments for a moment. Anthony Conane with us, top of the show from Krav Maga. It has been confirmed. You heard there on the news that uh, the remains found in Kent are those of uh, that poor young woman who went missing and uh, there's a police officer being questioned and we were talking about that subject on the show today, the vulnerability of women, especially when they're out walking or going to or from homes, social occasions, work at social occasions, you name it. We had a call from uh, a lady in her 70s to say she was mugged and beaten up outside her own home. There was a group of them. They were spotted on CCTV following her from the town. So they followed her. But still to this day, nobody has been held accountable. And she's petrified now to go out on her own. Isn't that terrible to contemplate that? That that woman won't go out now because of that incident. Shocking. I think of you and, you know, I hope you can get the courage to go out again. You should try. You should try. And I know it's easy for me to say, but you really should try. If you need a little bit of help or company with somebody to get you out, do something like that. Just ask. And uh, please, God, you will get out and about again. That's a shocking case. Uh, Jerry, can you remind people when they're out walking, just on an aside here, to wear the high-vis clothing? It's difficult for cars to see people when they're not lit up. I'm glad to mention that again. Jerry, girls should be taught self-defence when they start secondary school. I'm all for it, says Mairead. Thank you, Mairead. I'm glad, Jerry, you're discussing this subject on your show today. My 14-year-old daughter was abused by a family member. 14. My, oh my. I'm sorry to hear that. I really am sorry to hear that. And I hope, I hope that case has been reported and will be dealt with. It's so important that it is. I say that again, even though Anthony was saying people are afraid to report because of fear that they are culpable in some way. Don't have that fear. Go, please report that, whoever you are. Jerry, I'm a walker every day. I go for a lovely walk in the town in Mead. I want to ask you this question, Jerry. Why do people not say hello or how are you? It's just bad manners or what people go through you. Oh, yes, that people would go through you rather than go round you. It's sad. It costs nothing to say hello. I could meet 30 uh, people, maybe get five hellos out of that 30. I know what you're talking about. And I say hello to people when I'm out walking. I do, and I never get a reaction. But I'll always nod. I say hello like that and pass by. But I know what you're saying. People are reluctant to make eye contact or say hello anymore. It was a thing in the past. You nodded, you saluted, you tipped the cap, you said hello to everybody in Ireland. It's gone. It's gone. I try to keep it alive and say hello. Some people just look away and maybe you're, you're thinking then, maybe I shouldn't have said anything. But I hear what you're saying. It's a sad... Uh, fact of life in Ireland today that that has uh, that is gone. Just another one here. Uh, thank you indeed for them all coming to us. 086-1800-658. Hi, Jerry. A few years ago, I was walking my two dogs on a quiet road that I'd walked hundreds of times before. I had no fear of anything. This time it was getting quite dark and I saw an unusual vehicle opening the door of a jeep and standing beside an open ditch. Just as I was about to walk on by, I had the dog Rocky with me. Lovely name. He reacted strangely and really had a go at this person. Didn't stop them. 
reversed the jeep, headed straight for me, and only for a neighbour drove down the road at that instant, and I ran towards him. The jeep then backed off, headed off at speed. I really don't know what would have happened to me, but for my lovely dog and that neighbour. Please, I advise ladies of all ages to be careful, trust your instincts, and don't walk alone. Well said, Nula. Thank you for the comment. Up next on Late Lunch, she's making waves in Nashville. I'm having a chat with Claire Cunningham. Claire Cunningham is a very talented young woman. She's well known in the North East. She's from Cullen in County Louth and she would have been on the scene here for a number of years. But look, her talent took her elsewhere to the UK for first, then on to Sweden. And now, folks, she's in Nashville. And this young woman is really going places. Well, a little earlier in the week, there's a big time difference. I caught up with Claire and she began by talking to me about early doors in music for her. Music has always just been part of my growing up and I just had this inert want for it. And I mean, I grew up in a very music-loving family. It's been something that was there all along. It's not something I just kind of stumbled upon the way some people do later in life. You know, it was people asked me at a young age like what I wanted to be when I grew up and I actually said a rock star. (laughs) Tell me Claire, where did life take you after school and college? After secondary school I had already had a place secured at the Ballyfermot Rock School so um, that was two years in Dublin Um, and then I decided to go to London and get a Bachelor of Arts honours degree in music which you know realistically I didn't I didn't necessarily need that to do what I do but I just thought you know it, it is not a bad idea to have a degree as some people said to fall back on but I don't work on fallback plans <laughs> But, you know, just in general in life, it does stand to you if you have somewhat of a degree. So um, it was after that, really, then I had moved to Wales and had started my professional music career because I'd already been doing music all that time. But it wasn't until until I had moved to Wales, which was, I think, in 2000 and... The years, I, there's so many years now. Uh, 2009, I want to say. 12, 13, yeah. So um, that's that's kind of like the the process of it. So Bachelor of Arts, on it was a National Diploma first and then a Bachelor of Arts Honours degree. While you were there, you joined a group called Smoking Aces. Who or what were they? have to say, I love the name, by the way. There was a movie called Smoking Aces, and so I thought that was a very, very cool name, and we liked what we could do with the logo. So myself and Jamie, um, we were the founders of it, um, Jamie Hiscox, and um, we we got together. We we started as kind of a two-piece, and then we decided, look, let's, let's build a band, and... Um, held a few auditions, went through a few different members. But, um, yeah, that really, that was my profession for the best part of, like, you know, five or more years, even seven years it could have been. Um, you know, because that that took us all up and down the UK. And we had our own original material 
uh, alongside doing like corporate events, weddings, that kind of thing. So it was my full time job uh, and Jamie's. So and it was a great one, too. We were, you know, we did really well, actually, for ourselves. And it kind of got me into the business side of things, really, in the music industry. You then make the move to Sweden and talk about great names. Thunder Mother, an all-girl rock group. That kind of was just one of those success stories that you don't hear very often happening. I woke up one morning in April to a voicemail from an unknown number. She never left her number. Her name is Philippa and she had left me a message to say to call her back that she'd <laughs> heard me on YouTube um, and would love me to um, sing in her band. Now that isn't a phone call I was used to receiving so I thought you know let me just try and contact her but I couldn't because she didn't leave a return number. Um, I just wanted to tell her thanks but like no thank you. Um, and because you know smoking aces we were that was my profession and so we were booked two three years out in advance and so um, she actually was very adamant in talking to me so luckily her perseverance kept her from uh, not not replying to me again so she called the next day and I was lucky enough to have answered the phone to her and um, we talked for maybe 15, 20 minutes. I thanked her very much um, for for the kind offer, but that, uh, you know, my my kind of livelihood was here at the time in the UK. And she said, well, look, I'd love you to have a think about it because I think she said in like three, four weeks, we were, were opening up for Motorhead at Metaltown Festival in in Sweden, in a part of Sweden the west and I thought to myself well she could have opened with that <laughs> and my answer may have been yes from the beginning but I took down the information I went out and checked out the website and saw that they were all female too and I thought wow this this is kind of cool but I knew that the date she had given me the date at least for the festival was going to fall on a couple of weddings that we had booked and so I'm like that kind of a person. I just, I wouldn't want to let anybody down. But the, the guys in the band said, listen, this kind of opportunity doesn't come along every day. So I think you should, you know, you should really go for it. And long story short, I learned all 10, 11 songs that she had sent me. Um, flew over the day before the festival. I'd never been to Sweden took me 24 hours because in Wales there was no direct flight so I had to drive down to London get on a flight and get over there and meet five strangers or four strangers um, and literally take to the stage <laughs> that next day to open up an entire festival I knew it was going to be a life changing moment the second we got off stage though mm. um, Swedish news the biggest news station were there. They covered us. They put us on the news that night. And really, like, it was one of those overnight kind of success stories where, you know, Warner, Sweden, um, big label, um, 
had seen us a couple of months after that and literally signed us on the dot. So, um, yeah, it was it was a whirlwind to say the least, but one I was very thankful for. Um, you know, it was, those great times had those hard times too, but definitely um, it gave me the platform and gave me enough um, of a of a good package to get together to to go to where I am right now, and that is in Nashville, Tennessee, USA. Another big change from rock chick to country queen. What prompted the move to Nashville, Claire? After four or five years, it wasn't going the way I expected it. And I had some great times, but like I said, there was a lot of, there was internal issues going on. And just, I just, music to me, it wasn't become, it wasn't a happy place anymore. And I knew that's not, I never did music for anything else but a passion. So I said to the girls, I said, look, I, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And people thought I was crazy. You know, we had some amazing things lined up. But for me, the internal happiness had gone. And so, you know, I um, I decided to kickstart a solo career, which was the scariest thing I've ever done because I've never had a solo career. I, I kind of did begin it in Sweden uh, on the sideline of Thunder Mother. But it was, it wasn't until I decided to to break away that I could actually, you know, maybe now concentrate on on, on what it is I want to do, my own music, my style, my stories. You know, I didn't, I wasn't allowed to do that in that band, and it just, it was great for a few years, but I just, my voice wasn't being heard, and I don't mean my actual like. Um, singing voice you know it was there was a lot of suppression that you know never was seen in the pictures or the videos or the interviews and so yeah my mental health was suffering slightly for that so I I, I said I need to make a change in my life and, and that was that and so um it was one of the hardest decisions probably of my life to that date but um I'm so grateful you know the, the it gave me just everything I needed to to move forward. And, yeah, I, I chose America. Well, I chose America, but that didn't just mean I could move straight away. It took about a year to to, um, to get the visa in motion. Um, and then once I got approved, then I was eligible to stay for three years. And those three years actually happened to expire this January so six months ago, uh, during the most horrific of times, I had to <laughs> um, get a new visa. And even the lawyer said it himself. He was like, well, uh, to be honest, I don't know how this is going to go. But with the grace of God, I'm here and I'm here for another three years. <laughs> I wish you all the very best for the next three years. Tell me this. How do you find your feet and become established in a legendary music town like Nashville? What's the key or the secret? The key to breaking in into anywhere, but especially Nashville, is to show people that you are dedicated. You are a hard worker and you're there to do what can only be done there. And that is make magic and inspire people. And, you know, I think, I guess America... They, they do have um, a love for us Irish over there. Um, 
And that certainly has helped. And I guess because I'm a little different, I'm not a country artist by any means. So um, coming from the rock side of things and also now my Celtic stuff, which I've really honed in on. I'm actually going to be doing a Celtic EP. I'm in the middle of recording it right now. Um, you know, that's, it's it's gotten attention. Like people, it, it's it's impactful, I guess. Um, but alongside my work ethic, my insane work ethic, I guess, people really respect that here. They see it because everybody's in the same boat, you know. Um, and especially now, I guess, having gone through this pandemic where you know if you can still continue to write continue to still inspire and continue to still doing what we're doing like I mean it, it shows people in this town do talk and take notice and I was told that from the second I ever walked or stepped foot there and you know I was spending time between Nashville and Nantucket where um where my sister lives, uh, Laura, whom, whom, you know, <laughs> mm. um, so yeah, I had, I would, you know, people were seeing me coming and going and doing a lot. So, um, yeah, I think Nashville just respects people who want to work and who aren't egotistical and who actually, you know, have something to say. Hard work. You can't whack it for sure. But in terms of where you are now, Claire, where do you see your career going over these next three years in Nashville? You know, a lot of people ask me, like, what, where do you see yourself? What is, what is success to you? What, what do you want? And I've, time and time again, I've told people, you know, at the end of the day, um, all I want to do is inspire, impact, and be able to speak to people and have a platform bigger than I'm on right now to speak to more people so that I can help heal more people, you know, because for me, music has always been about connecting and um, just showing people that through my own struggles or pain or, you know, different life experiences that I can be a voice for those who may not have one or feel like they don't have one. Um, so wherever that's going to be, then I'm willing to go there. And, you know, I've got a lot of faith in knowing that everything is aligning as it should, especially in these times as we're speaking right now. There's there's a lot of good things going on. And I feel something is, is going to take off very soon right now. And, you know, I have my hand in a few different things, so I'm I'm really excited. But for me, it's not about the massive materialism and but yeah it'll, it'll be nice when I finally am able to get a team around me to do the things that will allow me just to just do my creative work because you know I'm trying to juggle everything I do everything I'm my home book and agent I run my website I do all my emails I do my socials I book um different showcases I'm writing I'm recording I'm just you know you know, as part of my visa, my new visa, like, you know, RCA Studios, Eddie and Justy, shout out to them. They're, they're my sponsor now. And, you know, that's, I'm fulfilling albums with them and, you know, still writing with people. So there, there's a lot. And, you know, I have to do life on top of that. You know, I still have to. 
you know, wash, clean, <laughs> sort out, you know, just do life things that, you know, people just don't realize that that's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot that goes into it and, and, and you have to maintain yourself, you know, there's maintenance done there. You know, I can't just, you know, I am my instrument and, and it's, you know, I've got myself to answer to. So, so yeah, it's, but it's, it's wonderful. So I just, I, I do hope that, yeah, I can get a team together eventually, which I already have great teams, but that just, you know, people can take certain tasks away to alleviate some of the pressure that artists find themselves under these days. You are, of course, a Cullen girl from the Wee County. Who's back home? Just mum and dad. The rest of us up and left. You know, Cullen's a wonderful place, but I guess it's just not big enough for the Cunninghams. I don't know. It's just mum and dad. That's still in the in the house that dad built. And obviously, you guys are under a stricter lockdown than some countries are. So I guess until that kind of all lifts a little um, then mum and dad will still be there you know and none of us can really get back home I guess so that's uh... but it's the times that we're in at the minute but that'll soon change. I want to say hello to Trina and John mum and dad in Cullen today and to finish this afternoon we're going to enjoy Claire Cunningham in words and song tell us what this song Heart of Mine Claire is all about. Yeah, Heart of Mine was written last year. No, not last year, the year before. I was at a BMI Songwriters Festival in Key West. BMI are a a publication company here that uh, collect royalties for musicians. And they're a big staple part of Nashville and, well, worldwide, actually. And they hold a songwriter festival every year. I happen to have some things fall through that weekend so I made the trip down and during the um the whole weekend there happened to be a a pool party at one of the venues and um one of the publishing companies in town called Demolition uh were hosting it and um some of the guys had recognized me said oh you're the, that girl that sings that Irish song that you've written and I said yeah so they said would you like to sing and I said well sure if you if you don't mind that'd be awesome and got me up and I sang my song Erin and McCree uh which I'm recording now actually and uh the owner the CEO um John D'Agostino was was there and he said wow that was great. I'd love to write with you sometime. I said, certainly. So he uh, called me uh, when he got back into town. Two weeks later, we sat down and we wrote Heart of Mine. And um, I really did. I loved it. Like, it's it's literally the premise behind the entire song really is just that no matter, you know, what happens in life, you're going to be led where you need to be led. And if you just follow and listen to your heart, then, you know, you can't really go too far wrong. Um, and then I was very blessed because it, it, it took home, like, Song of the Year at the Songwriting Awards, World Songwriting Awards last last year. Um, so that was a nice little ode for it. And then on top of that, I had um, the amazing Steve Cropper, which people might recognise from many bands over the years but the Blues Brothers 
he's one of the top guitarists in the world and uh, also singer and uh, writer and producer himself. And today marks the day he happened to be in the studio today as I was laying down Aaron and McCree, um, the song I released a couple of years ago when I first came to America. Uh, in the very studio that I first recorded it in and he was around and he popped in and he had played on that track um, and gave me some compliments that, you know, I'm very blessed to have such a legend on one of my tracks, but he came into the studio today and as I was about to lay down the vocals, he sat down and he helped to actually co-produce the uh, the vocals today and give me some really great tips and tricks and I'll post about that tomorrow, though, uh, to give him a thank you. But, um, yeah, so Heart of Mine, you know, there's there's a lot of goodness attached to that song. And going forward, um, I'm going to be releasing a Celtic EP now very shortly. So you're all going to get a piece of home, <laughs> hopefully uh, soon. Thanks so much for joining me on Late Lunch today, Claire. Well, listen, thank you. And thanks for the support. And um, everybody at home, just stay safe and... You know, uh, I'll I'll keep doing what I do and hopefully put us on the map. And yes, here she is, Claire Cunningham and Heart of Mine. The riddle. Listen carefully. What three numbers, none of which is zero, give the same result when they're added or multiplied? The answer is one, two and three. And lots of people got it right today, including Jean Pentany. Well done, Jean. Helen McCormick. Mary Downey was right. You're clever. Michelle Morn. Joan Murray got it too. Mary Cassidy. Tommy in Italy. Hello, Tommy. Welcome to the show. You're always with us all that way away and you got it right again today. But the snood and mug is going this afternoon to Sabrina Murray. Well done to you, Sabrina. You got the answer right to one, two and three. Folks, just want to say something. I get a lot of text messages, and I mean a lot, and WhatsApps to the show here every day. And look, I couldn't read them all. I couldn't possibly read them all. And we've had a listener on saying, look, you didn't read mine. Some days it'll be read, other days it may not. It's just impossible. I would be here reading, 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 and of course that is just not on on the show with the mix of everything that goes on here between our songs and our guests and me chatting to you and everything like that. You understand? So please bear with us. We get as many of them out as we can. Sometimes you may not be read. So look, don't take umbrage or take the hump on it. <laughs> keep messaging us. Keep in touch. 1850 You can call or 086-1800-658 to WhatsApp text and it's the same across the board I I say that because I've just got that message there now but it is the same it's really really busy at times with text and whatsapp and we love them and we love to hear from you but do bear with us you will understand I know you will understand yes Harry Styles there and watermelon sugar and we dedicate that one to Damien Carlin it's his birthday today happy birthday Damien that comes in from your wife Peggy and daughters Lauren and Emma and also for two wonderful grands yes Nanny Byrne and Nanny Loughran eat Ethan and Ryan are thinking of you and want to wish you both a happy happy Mother's Day. And happy Mother's Day to all mothers out there this Sunday. Make sure you have your feet up and everybody else is looking after you on Sunday. For one Sunday, yes, please do enjoy the day. I'll read this to you. Listen to this. Just come in out of the blue. January brings the snow, makes our feet and fingers glow. February more is bringing. March brings a breeze sharp and shrill, shakes the dancing daffodil. 
April brings the primrose, sweet scatters daisies at our feet. May brings flocks of little lambs sporting round their fleecy dams. June brings lilies, tulips, roses, fills the children's hands with poses. July laughs with fresh-cut hay, August summer closes. September brings the golden sheave, October sings among our leaves. November sends the frost afar, December brings a Christmas star. Ronan McGuinness. It's lovely. Thank you for sending it in to me. Just wanted to uh, relay it to our listeners this afternoon. Uh, Jerry. I agree with your listener about people not greeting you when you do. Happens to me a lot too. I put it down to ignorance. How sad that they have gone this way. Romantic Ireland is now Iceland. Great show as usual, says Tom and the dog today. Thank you very much indeed for that, Tom. It is. I do say hello. I do nod the head to people. And it is hard to get a response from people. I understand that. Jerry, please say a very happy birthday to a dear friend, Margaret Hayde, from Back Road, Dunboyne. She's celebrating her 81st birthday on Sunday. Have a lovely day from Yvonne and all your Dunshockland friends. Ah, happy birthday, Margaret. What a great age it is. And we wish you all the very best for your birthday this weekend. Still to come on Late Lunch, I round off the Kylie story. Yes, we're talking about her romantic life today and we have a crack of a song for you. And, of course, Leon Blanche will be with us to preview the Six Nations and Premier League soccer. Meant to say, wasn't Claire Cunningham just something else? She's a real talent, that young lady. She really is. What a song heart of mine is. And I just want to tell you that that was uh, an edited version of our conversation. The full version of the interview will be included in the podcast later on today. Fascinating woman indeed. And she is going places. Garda Stacey Luby's at it again. Yes, she's presented five people uh, with gifts for the efforts they've made in County Mead over the last year. It's a local community heroes award. Callum Keane has received an award uh, for saving two boys that got into difficulty in the Boiner. I remember that last summer. Fitness and wellbeing instructor, guest of late lunch, Aoife Bradley, was left speechless when she uh, got the uh, lovely surprise herself. Tina Farrell, she's worked in Tesco for 27 years, was uh, honoured for looking after the elderly in the store. We know Dudley Farrell, yes, community volunteer, great man from Nobber and Rose Mulligan, uh, who makes 90 dinners every day for Meals and Wheels. They were all honoured by Garda Stacey Luby. Well done, Stacey, and congratulations to all concerned. Now, final leg of my story. Yes, my Artist of the Week is, of course, Kylie Minogue. 80s, 90s, noughties, tweenies and now the 20s. Yes, for five decades, Kylie has belted out the album's hit singles, reinvented herself in her music and remains relevant, influential and so popular today. Personally, of course, I told you earlier on the week, she overcame cancer and has enjoyed good health since, thank God. However, when it comes to love, well, it's a case of the harvest being great, but long time loves few. Yes, it began with Kylie and Jason. Remember that? Young love in the late 80s. Michael Hutchins was on the scene for a while, as was Lenny Kravitz. Her next big romance uh, was with French actor Stéphane Sedenoy. It lasted a little while. 2003 years with James Gooding. They were inseparable. 
But the buggery was cheating on her. Cheating on Kylie? Are you joking me? Oliver Martinez was next to date her before Andres Velencoso. Five years she spent with Andres. They met on a perfume ad for her own brand of perfume in 08. But obviously the scent receded as the years went on. Joshua Sass, 2016. They were engaged, but she said goodbye to him in 2017. My God almighty. And now, yes, it is Paul Solomon, British GQ's creative director since 2018 when she turned 50. Is this it? Time will tell. Well, she must have been farsighted when she recorded this one way back. One of her signature singles that topped the charts all over the world. Not too lucky, Kylie. Ah, yes. I should be so lucky to love her and follow her and I hope to see her again soon. Here she is. Kylie Minogue. Let's hope she's lucky in love this time round. I'm dead jealous. Good luck to her anyway with her new man. Dave, I got your extensive message and it really is a long message. And, uh, you know, you talk about there being no value on anything for anyone either in modern society and people always looking for more and trying to figure out how they can get more regardless of the consequences or ramifications and... You go on and on about children uh, who don't have any respect and not being taught respect as well and the faults with our judicial system, etc. Dave, you're right. There's so much disregard you finish for everything in modern society and you have so many valid points in that extensive message. And thank you for taking the time for sending it in to me this afternoon. I really do appreciate it. And you make really valid points indeed. Final break of the day and the week on Late Lunch and afterwards at this time, as is usual every Friday, Leon Blanche looks ahead to the weekend. Friday afternoon and the Six Nations is back and the Premier League, of course, rattles on. And joining me, as usual, is the communications manager with Boyle Sports, Leon Blanche. Hello again, Leon. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. Let's talk Six Nations. Ireland are in Scotland on Sunday. This is no easy match. And I've just heard three changes in the Ireland team from the win over Italy. Yeah, three changes, Jerry. Healy, Herring and Earl's return. I suppose Healy and Rob Herring will be back in the front row. Um, the pack remains unchanged, which I am happy to see. And Keith Earls is coming back on the wing. So unfortunately for... Jordan Larmer, um, he'll have to drop to the bench. I'd love, I'd love it if Andy Farrell could find a way of including Jordan Larmer and Keith Darrells in the starting fifteen. I just think Larmer gives us so much unpredictability uh, with his type of game. But look, he's on the bench for this one. It's a massive game, Jerry. Um, we really need to be beating Scotland. Um, it's as simple as that. Because at the moment, if you look at kind of the Six Nations table, we've only won one, as we all know. Um, which we were expected to win. Scotland have only played the two matches. Um, they've won one, which was a huge victory against England. And then, of course, they lost in that tight game against Wales. So this is an opportunity for us to go and beat Gregor Townsend's uh, Scotland. I think we will do it. Um, I'm, I'm fully confident that the Ireland side, even though it was only Italy, there was more expansion to our play. And I think we're going to come away from Murrayfield with the win, which will give us a big boost ahead of the game against England. Just a quick word. I think Italy-Wales is a no-brainer. Wales, another step, surely, on the road to winning the Grand Slam. But the big one, then, is England-France tomorrow. And, you know, England will be looking for a twist here to get back on track. They will, Jerry. But, you know, something... I'm not so sure if they're going to get it. Um, The French... 
although we played a brilliant game against the French um, in terms of just a couple of little decisions and a couple of wrong choices just almost kind of came in our way. But I actually think the French are seeing a real opportunity here to try and win a Six Nations Championship. And England at the moment, you'd have to say that they're playing not up to their level. Um, they are certainly off the pace quite a bit. Owen Farrell, I see, has been seeking help this week to try and get him better rapport with referees. Um, so there's a lot of kind of little niggly things that aren't working for England. And I'm going to go with the French. The handicap betting is very, very tight. It's only There's only one point uh, between the actual sides and England are just a one-point favourite. So for that reason, even in terms of the match odds, it's 10 to 11 England, 21 to 20 France. I'm going to go with the French at 21 to 20. I think they're going to beat the English on 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 home soil in terms of the Brits. Let's move from rugby union, Leon, to soccer and the Premier League rattles on. And look, it's not a top of the table clash, but it is a huge derby with tremendous tradition. Arsenal against Tottenham. Arsenal winning last night away from home against Olympiacos. Fine performance and Spurs also victorious at home. Both games, of course, in the Europa League. This is a real tasty tie. It is a really, really tasty tie. And if you're a Spurs fan, which you're not, you'd be hoping Harry Kane is okay. Um, He obviously had to put a load of ice on his knee when he came off in the Europa League. Arsenal were good um, away from home. It has to be said, they they looked as if they could score five or six against Olympiacos. Obviously, Spurs have been on a bit of a revival mission. They've been starting to kind of click together. I think Gareth Bale has finally found his feet um, playing alongside Kane and Son. And those three up front, Jerry. I think we've said this before on the show, if they're playing to their full capability, they're very hard for any defence to stop. But Arsenal, on the other hand, things are going okay at the moment. The Premier League form is still not good enough. We all know that. I actually think both of these sides um, will be looking to win the Europa League to try and qualify for the Champions League next season because I don't think either of these teams will finish in the top four. It's a very evenly matched game, and for that reason, I can't pick a winner. I just don't know which side will end up on top. And I think looking at the betting, 9-4 to four for the draw, to me, seems to stand out quite a bit, because the two sides are very close in the betting, Arsenal and Spurs. It's a tricky one to try and pick a winner, so I'm going to sit on the fence. I think there will be goals. I think both teams will score. I don't think both defences are good enough to keep the clean sheet. So it should be an entertaining game of football for the North London Derby on Sunday. Now, the other pick of the rest of the game, City are at Fulham. Uh, you know, they hiccuped last week against Manchester United. Fulham in reasonable enough form. You'd take it City might win that one. But the other game that catches my attention, Leon, is Manchester United against West Ham. You don't know what you'll get with United on any particular day. West Ham, you've said it to us on numerous occasions this season. They've been outstanding under Moyes. They really have. And, you know, it's a breath of fresh air to see a new side, um, as in challenging for those top four or top six spots. I still I still kind of think if David Moyes finishes in the top six, it'll be a tremendous season for all concerned with West Ham. But they're going to go to Old Trafford and they know that Manchester United have struggled to break sides down when you sit in and try and hit United on the counter-attack. The one big thing that's missing from West Ham is obviously Lingard. He's not going to be able to play against United because he's on loan from that club. And certainly, the signing of Lingard raised a few eyebrows when David Moyes brought him to West Ham, but it has worked. 
Lingard has been a breath of fresh air. He's really linked up well with the likes of Bowen, with the likes of Antonio. West Ham have got some nice footballers. United, they were very poor against AC Milan. It's, you're right when you say, Jerry, to look at how good they played against City, to then go against AC Milan, get a bit of luck with two goals ruled out for Milan, and then just kind of go 1-0 up with a brilliant headed goal from the youngster who came off the bench at half-time, to then give up an away goal against Milan. They're going to struggle now to try and qualify for the quarterfinals of the Europa League. So again, Jerry, when you look at the betting, United are odds on. West Ham are 7-2, to two, and the draw is 12-5. to five. I'm actually going to just go with West Ham. I can see David Moyes frustrating United, and I can see West Ham maybe hitting them on the counter-attack. We do have them. Our game of the week is the no-lose offer, the 10 euro on United West Ham. And I think, have a little flutter. If it doesn't work out for you, you'll get your money back as a free bet. But it's an intriguing game. Moyes, I felt, was very harshly treated at Old Trafford. They didn't give him enough time to try and get the players in that he wanted. So he'll be going back there to try and prove a point. I think United will finish in the top four, but I think West Ham, if they could win at Old Trafford, what a springboard that would give them for the last nine or ten games of the season. It certainly would. Leon, thank you so much. And just to remind listeners, you will be joining us through the week next week with Cheltenham on the the, uh, big festival in Pressbury Park. But until then, Leon Blanc, Communications Manager with Boyle Sports, thank you so much. Have a great weekend, Jerry. And that's a lot on Late Lunch for another week. Thanks to my producer Louise Walsh, to Eamon Doyle and Brian Farley who were with me during the week. All our guests and you, our listeners. Happy Mother's Day to all Mother's Day mothers out there this weekend. I'll be back on Monday at 1.30. Eddie's coming next with The Drive. Leave you in the company of the wonderful Bruno Mars. See you next week. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada Dundalk and Cavan. Our service departments are open with all HSC and government guidelines in place to keep you and our staff safe. Sales are click and deliver only through our website, blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze... Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.